What are the tax issues of special concern to seniors? Find out on the next On Air with Myra O'Connell right now. Hello and welcome to On Air with Myra O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. This on-air podcast features attorneys from Myrick O'Connell, a full-service law firm with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. Today's topic, tax issues of special concern to seniors. Here to discuss this very important topic with us is Myrick O'Connell elder law attorney, Arthur Bergeron. Arthur, welcome back to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Howard, it's always great to be back. I always enjoy doing these shows with you. Oh, same here. Thank you so much. We're just going to dive right into this because it is tax time. So the first question is, does a senior need to file a tax return? You know, it's a great question. I'm glad that you asked it because it comes up. You know, I so often have seniors who will say, or, or their friends who will say, oh, no, we don't need to file a tax return. You know, we, you know, our income is too low. All we're getting is Social Security. We don't need to file a tax return. And, and the answer to all of that is maybe, but you ought to check with somebody. Because the way that the IRS decides whether you need to file a tax return is by comparing what you would have gotten for your standard deduction for the year to what your income is. And when they're figuring that out, they do consider uh, some of your Social Security income. So you want to make sure that you've had someone look at this. You know, And I'm not, I'm not going to go talk about specifics because there's a vast number of possible cases. The bottom line is make sure if you're if you're you've decided you don't want to file a tax return, if you've got any income that is other than social security income, you want to check with somebody. Okay? So that that's the that's kind of general advice. Good good advice. Now Arthur, are there any reasons to file a tax return if you don't have to? Ah. And now that also is a is a important question to all folks who have a house or who rent. In Massachusetts, because many, many people, once again, will, will figure, well, if I don't have to file a tax return, well, then why ever should I? Yeah. Uh, and the answer to that is the Massachusetts Circuit Breaker Program. I know it applies in Massachusetts. And I don't know that it applies in any other states. But the program was designed to make sure that if you're paying a lot in real estate taxes and water and sewer charges in relation to your income, uh, or if you're paying a lot in rent in relation to your income, the Commonwealth will pay some of that back to you. Now, broadly, the way that this gets calculated is you, let me use an example. So let's pretend that you've got a house and that it's in Massachusetts and that it's worth $400,000 and that the tax rate in your town is 1.5% or 15, you know, when you think about your tax rate, it's always it's like $15 or $13. That's always 15 or 13 or $20, whatever, per thousand. Mm-hmm. So $15 per thousand means your tax rate is 1.5%. Right. $13 per thousand is your tax rate is 1.3%. So pretend you're in a town where you've got a $400,000 house and your, and your tax rate is $15 a thousand or, or 1.5%. That means that the taxes you're going to pay are, are $6,000 or 1.5% of $400,000. So the way that you figure out whether or not you're entitled to the circuit breaker is you first take that number, the taxes, the actual taxes, that not the taxes you got billed, but the actual taxes that you paid, in this case, in 2020. Then 
take your, your municipal water and sewer bills, if you have municipal water and sewer, and whatever those bills are, and they can be pretty substantial now. I know a lot of folks who are paying 1000 to $2,000 in these, in these water and sewer bills. Whatever those bills are, take 50% of that number. So pretend in this particular case that your water and sewer bills added up to $2,000. So 50% of that is $1,000. So now your taxes are $6,000. 50% of your water and sewer is 1000 That makes $7,000, right? Now look on the other side at what your income is or was in 2020. And for these purposes, you include all of your Social Security. Uh, as well as pensions and other stuff that sometimes otherwise wouldn't be counted. But you add all that stuff up. So say that that number was $50,000, right? Which for a lot of seniors, that's a pretty big number, right? Because most seniors are living on Social Security. They're getting some money from their IRA and a little savings. But, you know, 50000 is pretty – I do a lot of work with seniors. That's a pretty big number. Right. So now, now take 10% of that. 10% of $50,000 is $5,000. If 10% of your income, as, as we just calculated, is less than the amount of your taxes plus the water, which we calculated at $7,000, the, the difference between the two, uh, up to a certain maximum, will get paid to you by the Commonwealth, even if you haven't paid any taxes. That's the circuit breaker tax credit, hmm. right? So you, you would, in this case, you take the $7,000, subtract five, the difference is $2,000. Well, $2,000 is actually more than the maximum credit this year. The maximum credit is a little over $1,000. But the point is, it's, that's just free money. Now, to get <laughs> this benefit, though, you have to file a Massachusetts tax return right, uh, to tell them that you want the money. Right. And you have to file a federal tax return so you can show that you've counted all of your Social Security income. Because in Massachusetts, when you file... You don't include your Social Security income. So by simply filing a Massachusetts tax return, you're not verifying what your Social Security was, right? So you have to file the Massachusetts and the federal tax return. So the question is, if you're a senior, is the cost of doing those returns, right, more than the thousand plus dollars that you're going to get back from the Commonwealth, right? Right. And if it's not, well, then do it, right? So if you've got somebody who can file the returns for you, and I want to then emphasize that in many communities, there is a tax preparer program that is supported by AARP and the IRS. Amazingly, the IRS is helping you out here through which if you make less than a certain amount of money, they'll do your tax returns for you for free, right? Hmm, yep. And while many towns have this program, you don't have to be from that town in order to do this, right? So you can kind of ask around. And a lot of times, if you've got a community where this has filled up because this is, of course, a popular program, they'll tell you other towns in which there are available tax preparers, right? So if you can get your taxes done for free, then you're getting this $1,000 plus for nothing, right? Just for nothing. <laughs> wow. Okay? Yep. So that's the reason why you may want to file your tax return. Wow. That's a good reason. Now, just yeah, to... <laughs> and, and it's estimated, like, in, in, it's estimated in most towns that only about two-thirds of the people who are entitled to this benefit file for it. Interesting. Oh, excuse me. I want to add one other thing. Sure. If 25% of your rent in the previous year were more than 10% of your income, you also get the benefit. So if your income, say, $30,000, 10% is $3,000. Say your rent is $1,500 a month uh, times 12 is $18,000. 25% of, of $18,000 is $4,500. 
you'd be entitled to this benefit. Hmm. But remember, talk to your tax preparer about yes. this, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because you know, this is a math problem, and you want to get the math right. That's what these guys love doing. They do it. That's what they love doing, right? That's yes. why they're doing it as volunteers to help you out. So For sure. So are there any reasons I might want to take out my IRA money early, Arthur? Once again, Howard, you know, I know we talked about some of these questions before, and I'm glad that you raised this issue. So I do, I do elder law, and I have yet to find a senior who isn't absolutely positive that they never want to touch their IRA or their 401k money, ever, before they die, right? Yeah. And that may be fine because they don't want to pay the tax, because this is tax-deferred money that was put in there and, and there was no tax paid on it at the time when they were working and when they contributed it. And so now, of course, when it comes out, the tax is owed, right? And they know if they wait until they die, then they can allow to have their children pay these taxes and the children only have to pay over up to a 10-year period following their death. So they're, they're convinced they never want to take this money out. But let me give you two reasons why these people should think about whether they want to take their money out. And once again, Howard, this is a math problem. So what you want to do is talk to a tax preparer or talk to your CPA, you know, and figure out what the answer is. I can't give you a, cor- a correct answer, but let me – this is the reason for thinking about this. And I'm just going to give you an example. In 2020, if you're married and you're filing jointly and your total taxable income was around $80,000, then the most you're paying on any of that income – in federal income tax is 12%. On a piece of that money, you're paying nothing. On a piece of it, you're paying 10%, up to about $20,000. You're paying 10%. On the rest of it, you're only paying 12%, right? That's your that's your, your income tax. Right. If you made more than that, the first dollar that you make above that amount, you're paying 22% in tax, right? So you really derive a benefit if you're a senior if you think you might ever need this money during your lifetime, in pulling it out in a year in which your 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 total income is lower and therefore your tax rate is low. And the reason why that's so important is often seniors have this money there in case there's an emergency, in case the roof blows off or the house blows up, or or in case there's a medical emergency, in case they need home care, you know, in case there's a big expense that comes up. Or in case that person with the IRA is going to a nursing home, and so they find themselves needing to qualify for mass health, and therefore needing to pull all this money out of that IRA so that they can transfer it to their healthy spouse, so they can qualify for mass health. Right now, if the money is all coming out in the same year, then then chances are a big chunk of that money is going to get taxed at an extremely high rate, twenty two percent or above at the federal level, right? So planning for the future for these kinds of risks, if you want to plan a plan to deal with that risk, right, then the way to do that is to take your money out over time, right, to take your money out every year in the years in which your total income is lower, right, in, in your typical year where you're not having big medical expenses and you don't have a big emergency. And so maybe your total income is only 50000 in that year. So maybe in that year, you want to take out an extra $30,000 in your IRA knowing you're only going to get taxed on that $30,000 at 12%, you know, 12% of 30,000. That's that you know that's that's not a real big number. You know, 10 10% is 3,000. So 12,000 is about 12% about $3,600, right? 
versus waiting until there's an emergency and you're pulling all the money out and suddenly the tax on that money jumps from 12% to 22 or 25 or 27%. So that's one reason. Second thing, so many people, and I just gave you the example, people will defer pulling this money out because they want to leave it to their kids, right? But if you ask them, how are your kids doing? Oh, my kids are doing great. They're making a boatload of money. Well, you know, that what that means is that if you're leaving the money to your kids, you're leaving it to people who are going to be in a much higher tax bracket than you are, uh, right? Yes. So it's so it makes a lot of sense if to help out your kids, you know, get the money out of the IRA and the 401k, put it, get it into a place where you can move it around if you need to move it around or where you can access it without having to pay a really high tax. And then you also know that when your kid's getting it, they're getting it tax-free. You give it away to them before you die. There's no gift tax. They're just going to get all the money free. Even even if they get it at your death, if your estate is less than a million dollars, it's not going to be an estate tax. They're going to be getting free money. So it's something to think about, Howard. And once again, I just want to go back. These are math problems, right? right? But these are math problems that your accountant or your tax attorney or your tax preparer would know about that you wouldn't necessarily know about or think about. Right, exactly. So uh, my next question is delving even more deeply into some of these issues. Can the medical deduction pay for home care? The reason why this comes up so often, Howard, is that once again, I'm, I'm giving you that very example of a couple that saved up money and they've got, you know, they've got some cash and they've got an IRA, but they want to stay at home. And now one of them needs home care, right? One of them has some memory problems or has some physical problems. They're having trouble getting around. They don't need nurses all the time, but they just need somebody to be there to help out, you know, to provide home care. So in that situation, what people should be aware of is that the medical deduction which, you know, when you hear the words medical deduction, you figure, well, you got that, that only covers medical stuff. You know, it covers like hospitals and nurses and, and some equipment, you know, like durable medical equipment, wheelchairs and stuff like that, right? Um, but it wouldn't cover this stuff, right? But the answer is that it does. It does. There was actually a change to the Internal Revenue Code a number of years ago that was meant to deal with this, which specifies that if you are at home, and your doctor or a nurse or a social worker, can be any one of the three, certifies that during the year, in this case it would be 2020, so during the tax year, during at least 90 days of that year, and they don't have to be continuous days, during at least 90 days of that year, you needed help with at least two of the so-called activities of daily living, that is eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring, or, and this is an important or, or, you needed somebody to be there with you regularly because you have cognitive problems, because you have memory problems, right? right. Yeah. Then all of those home care bills become a medical deduction, which is a big deal. That's right? huge. It's, it's a huge deduction. And, and by the way, if your doctor certifies that as a result of your, this condition, you need to be in an assisted living community for your own safety, Right then the medical deduction can cover the rent, can cover the monthly payments, right? Now, but if you're the typical senior, you'd say, well, how's that going to help me? As in this example, I only make $50,000 a year, so what's the deduction going to do for me? But the answer is that's the reason why 
that's a great use of your tax-deferred funds, right? That's the year in which you're, you're spending a lot on home care is a great year to be pulling a lot of money out of your tax-deferred funds. I was just dealing with a couple in this exact situation, and the, the wife is at home, and the husband's trying to figure it out because she needs a lot of home care, like $120,000 a year, which is not, in my experience, that's not really high. There's a lot of folks that need that kind of home care. Right. But this person has million dollars in tax deferreds, right? But not high income. So I said, you know, if you pull out a, an extra 120000 out of your tax deferred funds and use that you know, to pay for the home care person, right? A lot of that money is money that you would have paid taxes on, and now you don't have to pay taxes on it, right? Because the medical deduction applies to all medical expenses above 7.5% of your income. So right. once again, I'm throwing out a lot of numbers. But, you know, my goal is to just to, to alert people. If you're in that kind of situation, talk to somebody, talk to a person who knows tax stuff. Just like if you've got nursing home or mass health related issues, talk to somebody, talk to a lawyer who knows that stuff. Talk to somebody who's in that field. The money that you spend talking to that tax preparer or tax accountant or tax lawyer is the best money you're going to spend. Arthur Bergeron, once again, eye-opening and useful and clear information for seniors. We want to thank you again for being a guest on the On Air with Myrick O'Connell podcast. Thanks so much. Howard, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me to the show. Thank you. And uh, tis the season. It's tax time. We've been talking tax issues of special concern to seniors. Elder Attorney... Arthur Bergeron, how can folks contact you if they have questions or concerns about these issues? Best number is to give me a call, 508-860-1470, or my email, abergeron, A-B-E-R-G-E-R-O-N, at myrickoconnell.com, M-I-R-I-C-K-O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L.com. And I'm happy to talk to anybody. Howard, as you know, I love giving advice. We do know that. Thank you, Arthur, so much. I'm Howard Kaplan. This is On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Take care and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. 